Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ravenhill Roundup. Today we're having a look through the first week game week of the Heineken Challenge Cup. Unfortunately, didn't go Ulster's way. However, a few of the Irish teams did do quite well. And we're going to be talking about all of the, the Irish games and looking at the teams uh, across the aisle today. Um, obviously, not very happy with how Ulster done. So I will have Lewis joining me and we will get stuck in to the Ulster game and our thoughts on the tragic defeat as well as the Connacht. Munster uh, and Leinster uh, games and a wee look ahead to La Rochelle next week. So, going to take this opportunity to remind you to follow us on Instagram. That is the main place where we talk and try to get you involved and you'll see wee bits of news that we've picked up throughout the week, uh, especially your team lineups. We normally put them out before the match. And it's the best way to contact us for anything to do with the podcast. Whether it's you have a question that you want to have asked. Or you would like to appear on the podcast. Whether that be via a video call. Or uh, if you want to leave a voice note. But we are happy however you feel you want to get involved if you do just enjoy listening to us uh, that is perfectly fine and we really really appreciate it we are across spotify soundcloud and amazon music so make sure to check us out on each of those so i think it's about time that we get into this week's match ulster we're playing seal in the heineken challenge cup and it was a devastating loss for Ulster. I'm sure that all fans can agree with me on that. The score ended 39-0 to Seal. This is not something that we have expected from Ulster. And we need from Ulster. Whenever you look at how good we can be. And already have been this season. We have so many Ireland players and that is the performance that we put in. I'm getting in this straight away because I must say it quite annoyed me, the performance. Um, they just were not on it at all. And as an Ulster fan, I find it very, very embarrassing. The fact that this is the first time in 14 years... That Ulster have scored no points in a match. Which is something that is not acceptable. With the aims that we have as a club. It is not acceptable to score no points in a match. Not the bring down seal. But they are not the team that I would expect us to play so poorly against. We play poorly against Leinster. Probably one of the strongest teams in Europe at the minute. And we still got a decent amount of points. We controlled the game for a portion of it. And we were playing bad. 
Now, we do have injuries. I accept that. And there was uh, troubles with getting over there. I'm sure that you had seen that uh, the the Ulster lads didn't actually get in the Manchester, I think it was two hours before kickoff, which you might think, oh, sure, whenever I'm playing rugby for the club and that, um, we get there half an hour before we run, but at a professional level, you should be getting there well rested at least two to three hours before that lets you get settled in, change everything out in the pitch, do a warm up, do a bit of training, things like that, uh, and then uh, head out. But they they weren't able to do that, so maybe that's a factor in why uh, it was so lackluster. I think that that's the only sort of excuse that can be given for a poor performance, not a zero point, I will add. But I think that that has played some sort of factor in, in the Ulster lads' minds. And I think it's something to keep mindful. Uh, uh, you know, it's not their fault. They probably were exhausted having to travel for however many hours. And, and I was sort of saying to myself, you know, you're in an airport, have a sleep. But it's not the sleep that you need. Uh, if you're on a plane or sitting in the airport, you know... Um, but besides from that, back to the actual game. Ulster, in my mind, were defensively awful. That's the best way that I can describe the defence. I have no idea what the coaches are doing. But there is no way that you put down that that is the defensive manner that you want your team to play. They were leaving gaps everywhere. Not pressing the line, not pressing the ball, and allowing Seal to just run through the gaps, get in through them, get points. And there was a solid, solid amount of tries that were scored from literally a one pass or a two pass from a ruck, and they just went straight through the line. It was either a gap or a missed tackle, and it's not acceptable. It really, really isn't. Um. The backs, they had no pace. I don't know what has happened to them. They just weren't catching up or they weren't getting up with the line. Uh, especially on aerial balls. There was always a seal player there with them. They weren't the first to the ball. Um, the missed tackles like I talked about. And a surprising amount of drop balls. Continuing on the defensive trend. I believe that this is the highest amount of penalties that Ulster has conceded in a very long while. Um, a lot of, of penalties conceded and uh, that's sort of where I would bring the tiredness in. Because you do get sloppy and, and things like that. But it's, I don't understand where this undisciplined nature of, of Ulster suddenly came from after the international break. We've seen... Uh, our first yellow cards against Leinster um, after a really good run of games where the discipline was amazing and we were playing really well and then uh, we got two in the Leinster game and now again we're giving away all these penalties it, something doesn't seem right about it for me at least um, you know and and the penalties ultimately 
cost us points. That's the main thing for me. The penalties cost Ulster so many points. Because you're knocking on, you're dropping the ball, you're offside, whatever it is. It's silly, silly mistakes and it ultimately cost Ulster a couple of points. Uh, in the defensive set and the offensive set. And on the defensive side of things, the forwards showed no strength. In my mind, um, they were also missing tackles alongside the backs and, and allowing uh, Seal to just push through them. And they, they were a pushover. You know, we all I've done so far this season is command the Ulster forwards for how good they have been in their malls, their scrums, their lineouts, whatever it be. And how physical they are. And I just did not feel it today. Um, I'm not sure what the percentage of win and loss on the set pieces were. But they just weren't on it. And they got tired so quick. You've seen it towards the end of... Not even towards the end of the game. Just the second half. They couldn't really do anything. They couldn't control the ball. They couldn't... You know, they weren't making big tackles that really shook up the team like they usually do. Um, my biggest error uh, with the forwards came in the 64th minute that try uh, I sort of I know that a lot of people probably switched it off after the match but I stayed on and watched the pundits and uh, they were talking about this try and I didn't actually realise it until they had said but it was from a scrum Seal had the scrum and they won the ball we had two men on the blind side and it was a very short blind side if you watch it back um, but Seal didn't have anyone close to it Seal had two men behind the scrum uh, not even behind like slight behind and left so there was no one actually unless it was a pick no one was going right and then that left the the open side uh, with less men and they were outnumbered um, in my mind there's if you if you do that you're not thinking of awareness you don't have that defensive awareness that you need to have so in my opinion I would say that that is a defensive coach error once again I don't know what he's doing but in my mind if you if you see players just hold the same simple shape that they always do, no matter what is happening, they're not adjusting to the attack that is coming on them and meeting the men that they need to meet. You even see it in professional, or not professional, amateur rugby. If you see uh, no one on your blind side, you're going to move more men over to the open side and cover it. You're not going to leave two whenever there's no one there. Yes, you would leave one maybe um, to stop the the flanks, uh, you know, picking the ball and running with it. Or the eight running with it for on that side and getting through. But there is no way they should have that there. And it seems small, but at the end of the day, that try happened because of the small, not the small number, the uh, Ulster players being outnumbered on the, on that near side and 
it was near as well. That's the thing. It was the gaps. It, it was the open gap from not having a man that you can uh, have the line at, at a good coverage and spread. So I I don't know what's going on with the defensive coaches at, at Ulster at the minute. I don't understand why we're defending so poorly over the past couple of games. And I think that this game is just where people are starting to wake up and go... Here, wait a minute, why were we conceding uh, 15, like 3 tries against Zebra whenever they haven't done that against anyone else? Any of the top teams, they're getting demolished by them and there's no no, uh, no tries getting through or, or maybe one. You know, and, and we're conceding more and more and we're losing that gap and that's what's going to cost us in the big games if we let... Like this, this was a big game for us because now we have to go to La Rochelle and win probably both the games. You know, it, it's not a case of, uh sure, we'll beat the next team anyway. This was the hard one. This was the easy one for us. This is the one that we needed to get right and needed to do. And I think that you've seen the defensive errors that have been building up come day clash uh, in this uh, in this match. And it's a real shame, and I think not only the Ulster players, but the Ulster coaching staff need to have a look at themselves and really get to work in the training ground this week and really, really focus on how La Rochelle play and how you're going to counter that. Because if we go out and play them like we have played Seal this week, we are going to get demolished. We are going to get absolutely destroyed by La Rochelle. And that'll be the the European Cup over. You know, if, if we lose this next game. It really is. And I don't think the Ulster players even realise that themselves. With this just abysmal performance. But I will end on a nice wee note. I did think that um, a few of the players, they did play decently. Um, they just got outnumbered, for lack of a better word, of, of the bad ones. I know that uh, Nathan Doak, sort of people were criticising him. But from what I was watching of him, he was actually, he had a bit of drive in him. And I think that that was... He's one of the players that I started to notice because he was going for that second ball. He was really trying, which might actually be a bad thing if that's him trying. But he he put a bit of effort in where I didn't see it from the other more mature players. And hopefully them mature players do wake up and they they play how they should be playing. Yeah, Jimmy, have to agree with near enough everything you said there. Um, absolutely nothing went right for Ulster. Their discipline for me was just terrible. I, I've, I can't remember the last time I've seen them give away that many penalties. Well, was 16, you said, I think. Um, compared to Sale only giving away five. Um, we'll have a quick chat about the cards later, but, you know, we talked about the discipline last week um, on the podcast and another yellow card for Dwayne Vermeulen and what should have been a red card for Andrew Warwick as well. Um, 
you know, just the, there was literally nothing went right for Ulster. I mean, their main point, their main go-to this year has been the mall. Overall, they gained one meter in the mall um, throughout the game. Only gained 139 meters compared to Seals 517, which was pretty disastrous. I, I just thought we were predictable in attack and sloppy in defense, and I think it was actually Seals' defense that sort of killed the game for Ulster because they were unable to put any number of good phases together and keep the ball. They just kept giving the ball away, kept giving penalties away and giving Seal opportunities to attack. Obviously, like you say, the, the travel disruption wasn't ideal. You know, they were they were at the airport until 2am um, on Friday night. Or sorry, it was Saturday night. Uh, got sent home after their flight got cancelled and then back in the airport early the next morning. Had to get two separate planes to Liverpool and Birmingham so that all the players could make the game, which isn't ideal and definitely not in professional rugby. It's it, you know, it's it's something that can't be helped due to weather conditions for flights. But you know, it's no excuse for that type of performance. Ulster are a far better team than that. When you looked at the teams on paper, you always thought Ulster had a better team on paper than Sale, and you just had a feeling that Ulster were going to go ahead and win this game, and, you know, it was far from the truth. And as well, I know a lot of the fans are extremely unhappy on social media just by that performance, and it does show the standards that Ulster have set for themselves over the last few years. Yeah, People expect them to win a game like this, um, which wouldn't have been the case a few years ago. And, you know, for... I think people are more disappointed over the last few weeks rather than just this performance. It, it was possibly common, you know, in the last three halves of rugby, they've conceded 67 points and only scored seven, which is just absolutely disgraceful. And, you know, something the players will be really disappointed with and the coaches are going to have to get it fixed quickly for La Rochelle this weekend because otherwise it's going to be a really tough night at home at the Kingspan. I also have to say that Ulster's attack without a number of key players looks very, very predictable and doesn't look particularly damaging to other teams, which is a big worry. It was something we actually discussed a few weeks ago after the Zebra game that I felt like they needed to play a little bit more expansive rugby and use their backs a little bit more. But, you know, without John Cooney, without Luke Marshall, who's probably been Ulster's best player this season, without Robert Balakun out wide, obviously J- Jacob Stockdale not in not in his best form at the moment, James Hume not in his best form after his injury. Ulster's attack just really doesn't look great at the moment and that's a big worry going forward in Europe and in the league because if they're going to cause these bigger teams some damage, they're going to need to sort out their attack because they cannot keep going to the mall every time when it's not working. I mean, I, I thought it was crazy that when they were down to 14 men with a yellow card, they still went to the mall with Dwayne Vermeulen off the pitch like, you're a forward down, you need to go to the backs to try and score. There's no point going to the mall where you know you're probably going to get dominated because the other team have an extra man on the pitch. So, yeah, for me, that was probably one of the most disappointing aspects as well. Have to ask you then, Jimmy, what did you think of Ulster's discipline in general and the yellow card for Dwayne Vermeulen? You know, I've touched on the, the discipline a wee bit in my talk. Uh, of the game, but the yellow card sort of set the tempo almost for what Ulster were going to play like. It happened in the 30th minute. Uh, Vermeulen didn't... I'm, I'm not sure if he, he didn't let go of the ball in a breakdown or 
he went back in for a ball whenever he was told not to and and uh, didn't roll out of it and that caused the penalty and then the yellow card for for the interference when uh, he shouldn't have been deliberate interference I should say when he shouldn't have been and I think that it just set that tempo of Ulster not being disciplined and going to give away all of these uh, these penalties and you've seen it affect the game in a big way because that's whenever Seal really took charge of the game and started to press on and got a I think they got another try in the half and then the second half you know Ulster just couldn't come back from being 15 points down. We did also see a controversial uh, collision probably the best way to put it during the game. Uh, some say it's it's a red card wasn't given on the pitch as a red card or anything. Uh, Lewis what do you think about that potential red card? Uh, for me, I think it's one of the most clear-cut red cards I've ever seen. Not because of the impact of the offence, more because of the way World Rugby want the laws of the game to go. You know, in, in most other games, any head-on-head collision where there's no change in height, meaning there's no mitigating factors, there's a high level of danger, which we saw because Manu Tualangi had to leave the field immediately and didn't look in a good way uh, from the bench when we saw images on BT Sports. I think it was it was a clear-cut red card, and I was very shocked we got away with it, to be honest. We have seen today that Andrew Warwick has now been cited by the citing commissioner from the game, so it is very unlikely. In fact, I would say it's... 100% certain that we won't see him against La Rochelle this coming weekend and we probably won't see him for a good few weeks after that because you know that that tackle was really dangerous and and you know could have caused some serious damage and did cause some some serious damage really And again, it just shows Ulster's real lack of discipline at the moment. That you know the season started so well with it, very very few cards, few penalties given away, and it just started to creep up as the season went on. And now the yellow cards and you know even red cards, they're coming in thick and fast for Ulster. There's been two in a number of games. You know there was one this week as well. So I I think it's something that Ulster really need to sort out and. Like I said last week, if you want to win these big games against the big teams, you need to keep all your players on the pitch because teams are going to take advantage of you being down to 14 men and you know that's that's that can be the difference between winning and losing a big game and particularly for this game, a game that Ulster really needed to win, this could be the difference between them staying in the Champions Cup and getting put out as well. Because although although the yellow card and the red card that should have been particularly didn't uh, affect the outcome and the score of the game, the amount of penalties given away, the 16 penalties, and probably lucky not to get another yellow card or two from the referee for their lack of discipline, that was what really cost them the game and really made sure that they couldn't get anything out of it. And to leave the game without even a losing bonus point... You know that that's that's a huge statement. They're sitting r- rock bottom of their pool in the Champions Cup, so 
you know, really, really tough one to take. I have to ask though, Jimmy, because there's been a huge reaction on social media throughout Twitter and Facebook and sort of all of social media that a lot of pressure is coming on Dan McFarland and his coaching staff at the moment. What do you think about about this? Do you think they are under pressure? Do you think you know it's a bit of unfair criticism from the fans? What's your opinion? I I think it's fair from the fans to criticise. You know we have expectations of the team and uh, they're not doing the job that we need them to do whenever you look at the class of players that there are and whenever you see how good these players can be the logical thing to look at whenever they're not performing to the standard that they should is the coaching staff and ultimately Dan McFarlane is at the head of it but our main problem has been the defence the last two games we've conceded 74 points 74 points in the last two games which is not Ulster's standard at all and especially whenever you look that we only scored one try within them 74 points that also shows that the attack isn't isn't working up to it and isn't getting the job done I think it's like you said about the reliance on the strength in the mall and it not always being there is really costing and not using the backs. We've seen the backs getting used a couple of weeks ago and the, and the played amazing but we've went back to this mentality that it's strength over skill in a way and not using the backs who are we have some of the best backs in the world in my opinion and we just don't use them. We're relying on the forwards and I think that at the end of the day that comes down to the coaching and they need the the work better on in the training ground and the coaches are are the blame for lackluster performances. Yeah, I have to agree, Jimmy. I don't think the criticism towards the coaches has been unfair. I think like you say, fans have expectations and with the quality of players we have at the moment, you know, you would you would expect Ulster to be doing far better than they have been the last few games. And I think the main issue really has been the defence, like you say, and Johnny Bell coming in as defence coach this season, it really hasn't worked too well at the moment. Um, some I've, I've heard some people describing it as sort of lazy, lazy recruitment, bringing someone home who obviously is from the province and... Um, you know, has worked here before, and you know, a lot of people saw it as quite a good appointment at the start, but it, it certainly hasn't worked. And since Jared Payne left last season, who you have to say done a fantastic job with Ulster defensively last year and over the last couple of years, it's just it, it's been a gr- a very big downgrade for me. And I, th- I find it hard to criticize Dan McFarland and Dan Soper because they've both been super since they've came into the province, and. You know, when you look back at where we were under Les Kiss in a really, really bad place, struggling to qualify for Europe, um, just in the league, struggling to get, struggling to get in the top six of the league, we weren't getting out of our group in the Champions Cup either, and you know that that was a really tough place for Ulster fans, and we need to remember how far that these coaches have actually taken us, but a lot of people asking at the moment, have they taken us to? their limit have have they taken us as far as these coaches can and is it time for a change 
I would say we need to give Dan to the end of the season. I think he deserves that for how well he's done to turn our sort of fortunes around in the last few years. However, you know, the fans are going to be putting him under a lot of pressure and I think he knows that himself and he knows he's he's got a job to do and he needs to try and turn this around as much as possible. I was quite disappointed at some of the comments on Twitter towards Johnny Petrie, the Ulster CEO. I think he's done a really good job since he's came in and a lot of people criticising the travel arrangements and saying that you know it should have been organised better. But what can you do when your flight get, gets cancelled and you've weather condition problems you know they'd obviously planned to fly out the night before stay the night in the hotel and then of course go on to the game but you know when your flight gets cancelled there's absolutely nothing you can do about it and it's not down to per planning it's just it's just the way it was with the weather conditions and that that's not really the the fault of the higher management so let's just run through the scores from the first weekend of the heineken cup Starting with Friday night, we had London Irish against Montpellier, where Montpellier came out 32-27 winners. On Saturday, the Celsi Sharks beat Harlequins 39 points to 31. Leinster absolutely dominated Racing in Paris, uh, winning that one 42 points to 10. Gloucester winning at home again, beating Bordeaux 22-17. Claremont got the win against the Stormers in their first time in the competition. They won that one 24-14. La Rochelle showed what they're about and showed last year's winners beat Northampton 46 points to 12. The Bulls got the victory over Leon. They won 42-36. Castre went down to Exeter in France and they lost by 12 points to 27. Obviously, we know on Sunday that Seal Sharks beat Ulster 39 points to nil. Edinburgh ran Saracens close in England. That one was won by Saracens, 30 points to 26. Munster ran Toulouse close in Limerick. That one finished 18-13 to Toulouse. And finally, Leicester Tigers beating the Ospreys in Wales, 23 points to 17. So, Jamie, plenty of exciting rugby action over the first weekend of the Heineken Cup. What was your game of the week? What was the, your favourite one? Yeah, plenty of good action, and I must say it's, uh, it's close to home. Uh, my favourite game of the week, uh, it was the Connacht versus Newcastle game, to be honest with you. I know that it's two teams that aren't necessarily the best, and Connacht haven't been performing the best so far in the season but I did really enjoy watching the game and it was quite slow at the start but then became really lively and and they they really got into the game um Connacht winning 22-8 you know I think it's the first time that we've seen Connacht this season really play like a team it was the real thing for me their passing was really really nice and uh, the the kicking, the kicking was a real standout for me. Connacht had an amazing cross kick, and Newcastle couldn't deal with it. There was another one for Newcastle where they couldn't, or where Connacht couldn't deal with the the cross kick. And I love seeing tries like that. I think it's just so nice to watch. And just see everyone baffled by it in the air and it happened a couple of times. But 
I did see Connaught start to get their strength back, which I thought was a real plus for them. And starting to get the the cohesion uh, as a team back. And the, I think that if they can keep playing as they did, they'll probably get maybe not better results, but closer results. Because it really was a dominant performance by them after sort of 25, 30 minutes in. then it was... It was all them. Not taken away from Newcastle. They had some quite nice tries. Um, but I will say. Favourite moment was Adam Byrne. As first appearance. For Connor in the. In the European Cup. And. He played like a prop. In that try. And I really enjoyed it. He just muscled through like three men. And then dashed past the rest. For this pace, I think that he's really won the watch in that Connor team. And his try was beautifully taken. So, I'll ask you the same question, Lewis. Favourite game of the week and some thoughts on it? Yeah, so I actually had two to pick from that I really enjoyed this weekend. Um, the first one, Monster against Toulouse. Or at least the bits you could see of it. The game was played in complete fog, foggy conditions. And from the TV, it was very difficult to see many parts of that game um, I'm sure it was difficult for the fans as well you know they were constantly saying on the TV that it wasn't as bad as it looked and I hope that's true because it looked absolutely horrible and really difficult to play in um, from a Toulouse perspective really impressed with Nabel thought he was super as usual um, you know just played really well kept his width and took his try well as well from a monster perspective, I know we've slated monster quite a bit early on in this season for their per performances, but I actually thought they were really, really impressive. Um, I thought that Craig Casey had a really good game, and I think Joey Carberry probably had his best game in a monster shirt so far. You know, he looked really composed. His passing, his kicking was good, and again, he took his try really well. So, not all doom and gloom for for monster. They'll be disappointed to lose at home, but. They're playing one of the form teams in world rugby at the moment, so um, certainly plenty to build on for them. The other one I was really impressed with was the Saracens-Edinburgh game, and I was really impressed with how far Edinburgh were able to push Saracens. Being 16-12 up at half-time, I genuinely thought they were going to go on and win the game, and it, it was just a shock to me, especially with the players Saracens have, the likes of Owen Farrell, uh, Elliot Daly, Maro Atoji. I thought Saracens were going to run, run over the top of them, but... You know, it was a really, really tight contest, and I think the Edinburgh coach will probably be really proud of his team's efforts, especially away from home. So I'd have to say they were probably the two games I enjoyed the most over the weekend. So, Jimmy, massive clash this Saturday night, 5.30 at the Kingspan Stadium. Ulster versus last year's champions, La Rochelle. What kind of a threat do you think La Rochelle posed to Ulster? I think it's going to be toughest match of the season. So far, definitely. Um, yes, La Rochelle, they've been a wee bit inconsistent domestically. But whenever you look at the Northampton game, they were all over them. And I would say that that Northampton side was better than us uh, this weekend. And uh, if we play the way that we did, we're going to get absolutely hammered. And I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel unless things change. I 
do however think that if we do change up a bit and match them for that strength that I know that we have we can take it to them and give them a, a good fight if we can play our standard of rugby and even seen it in that Northampton game uh, La Rochelle did have a wee bit of discipline issues there was a yellow card and I think that if Ulster can get that discipline back in and use it to their advantage and just really work together as a team there is something that could be pulled off and and could potentially do the job but if they stay on the form that they're on there's no chance that they're getting anywhere close to that La Rochelle side. Yeah, I have to agree, Jamie. Ulster need to sort their discipline out, something shocking, because if they give away even probably half as many of the penalties they did this weekend, they're going to be in serious, serious trouble, because La Rochelle, obviously last year's champions, you know how much of a dangerous side they are. Some really good players, Dulan at fullback, extremely dangerous, really, really quick feet lot of pace um, up front as well. Antonio, absolutely massive. He'll be looking to get one over Ulster in the scrum. You've got Gregory Aldridge at number 8. Everyone knows how how good of a number 8 he is in World Rugby. I think he was up for World Rugby Player of the Year this year as well. So, you know, they've got quality players and if Ulster don't sort, sort their game out, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I think I would say to the fans not to sort of give up just yet. You know, we, we've proved we can beat these big teams over the last few years at home. From beating Claremont to beating Racing. And then, of course, last year, beating Claremont away, beating Toulouse away. So we can compete against these big French teams. But it's, it's going to be really tough because, realistically, from losing that sale game away from home... You've kind of got to win all three of your remaining Champions Cup games if you want to progress. So Ulster are going to have to do the double over La Rochelle and they're going to have to do one over Sale when they come to Belfast. So they've got a really, really tough test ahead to try and make it through to the next rounds. But I, like I say, I wouldn't put it past them just yet. I think it's something they could do. And, you know, if if they're able to sort their game out... I think we'll probably see a few players back, the likes of Ian Henderson. Hopefully John Cooney, he'll add a lot to this Ulster side. Um, and, you know, maybe hopefully Luke Marshall as well. And uh, hopefully Robert Balakin will be back. I know James Hume is now out with a injury. I'm not too sure what that is. So hopefully these big players coming back can make a big difference and we'll see a much improved performance. Obviously less travel difficulties as well. So, um, you know, there'll be there'll be very few excuses this week and, you know, the fans will expect to see a much improved performance and fingers crossed it'll be a full stadium this Saturday night. That'll do us this week at Ravenhill Roundup. Not the best of weeks. Hopefully we can do something next week that'll uh, benefit us. But before we do go, we'll do a wee score prediction as usual. So... For Ulster versus La Rochelle, I don't think that we can turn it round quite enough. I think that it won't be another nil, but I'm probably going to go for a 35-10 the La Rochelle. To be honest, I'd, after such a, a bad performance from Ulster, I don't think that there's enough time to bring it back for a team like this. Um, 
So, yeah, that's my one. What about you, Lewis? Well, not that it means much because I clearly got it massively wrong last week after um, getting it right against Leinster. However, I am going to put a bit more faith in. I think Ulster are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think there's going to be plenty of tries. I'm going to say 39 points to 32 to Ulster. I think they know that they need the bonus point this week after getting zero against Sale. So I'm going to go for a big bonus point win for Ulster. And, uh, yeah, 39-32. Fingers crossed. Well, there you have it. You don't even need to watch the match. This has got it. Telling you now. (laughs) Besides from that, um, thank you for listening. And remember to check us out on the old Instagram. Send us a message if you want to get involved. If you want to have a question asked or give your thoughts on the match. We're happy enough. It's your channel at the end of the day. Uh, We're just the the drivers steering it in the right direction. Um, As well as that. Remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon Music. So, thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week when Oster have hopefully had a better result. Thank you very much.